it's not just 2D social media. It's really 3D and understanding what that user behind the screen is there for. Somebody on Facebook wants to consume that information completely different than Instagram. And you can't necessarily use the same information and apply it everywhere and think it's going to stick. You hear all the bull about marketing every day. Make your money in your sleep. My new offer is crushing it. My guru could beat up your guru. It's time to go right to the source and get the truth about marketing. With your host, the founder of CopyChief.com, Kevin Rogers. Welcome back to the truth about marketing. It's Kevin Rogers here. Hot one today. Get yourself somewhere safe. My guest today is Anna Selby of prettywittymedia.com. You should know how to spell that. Just like it sounds, prettywittymedia.com. Anna is a social media specialist, but man, that's putting it mildly. We've met a couple times, but we've got to know each other better in an event recently and just like blown away by her insights. We I was fortunate enough to sit next to her at dinner and we just had a blast and she taught me so much just like chilling and conversation about what's really going on with Facebook, all social media. There's way more platforms than I ever realized. So this episode is is not going to be about how to buy Facebook ads and, and that sort of stuff. This is about how to use the time you're already spending on Facebook and other media platforms to build a better audience who will, you know, eventually become your next best customers. And so, you know, Anna's life has, has been a wild adventure. She she looks like Marilyn Monroe and spits wisdom like Gary Vee, whom, not coincidentally, she has worked with to use his own social media more effectively. So that ought to tell you something right there. So, Anna, thanks for being here. Let's have some fun. Ah, thank you so much. I'm super stoked. So I want to start with, this is so great that we're talking right now, because last weekend, I spent about 48 hours in a hotel in Orlando at an event I took my daughter to, my daughter's 10, and we went to a thing called Playlist Live. Are you familiar with that event at all? I am. Yeah, that's an excellent event. Yeah, it was really well done. I was impressed. 15,000 attendees, and it's all, it's YouTubers, right? So as you know, I don't need to tell you any of this, YouTube, YouTubers are then by far the top influencers of tweens and teens and, and kids younger than that. And so it was really interesting to me, you know, walking around, seeing these performances, you can't see my air quotes right now, but (laughs) everything from a lot of, a lot of musers, you know, musically kids, yeah, just literally on this big, beautiful, elaborate stage, and they're just lip syncing, right? You know, nine-year-old white kid with mirror sunglasses, lip syncing "Bad and Bougie" with professional dancers behind him, right? And I'm just going, uh, uh, all right, I'm not supposed to get this. I'm 47, <laughs> like I, I'm not. <laughs> no, no, totally. I totally feel you on that. Holy crap! And so, but I, I'll just share with you this moment. Uh, and, and, and then I want to ask you a question. Okay. So, so my daughter, her favorite is uh, Tanner Braungart. He's a kid who started teaching people how to do backflips on his trampoline. And he does lots of fun and interesting stuff. And she watches him every day and she m- met his family 
and she, and then we walked away and she bawled. She was crying as if, you know, it's 1964. She just met John Lennon, right? Yeah. And it was so sweet. And so she was sort of like in this daze all weekend. She's like, just couldn't believe she was, she couldn't articulate how she was feeling about being in a room with all these people. And so we're headed there the second day. And she says to me, she goes, dad, you know what it is? She said, you know, when I watch Tanner's videos, I feel like I'm just hanging out with him. Like I'm just watching him be totally himself and, you know, we're hanging yeah. out. And she said, but when I see him in real life, I, I like, I can't believe it's Tanner Braungart. Like it's, 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 so that's when the celebrity factor hits her, right? And I said to her, I said, well, it's interesting because normally you have a relationship where you meet somebody, it's a little awkward for a minute, and you slowly get to know each other, and then you start to have these feelings for her. For, for each other and you have that for him but he doesn't know you so it's the first time you've realized that it's kind of a one one-way relationship right oh yeah and so so much about that you know the transparency factor how much of ourselves we share online but all this to lead to my one big question about this which is you know Obviously, this is the future of how marketing is going to go, how things are going to be, you know, introduced and, and sold to the market. What do people my daughter's age, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, what do they understand about social media that grown ass people <laughs> like me struggle to understand? It's funny you say that. So I have a six and I have an eight year old and they love YouTube as well. Like YouTube is the thing. And in watching their experience and their interaction, I feel that oftentimes social media has a funny way of being making you unsocial because it, it can isolate you when you're consuming it so much. Mm -hmm. So what I think, especially with YouTube and what I'm noticing with the younger generation, they notice they go to reconnect when they disconnect, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. What's an it's, example of that? So you're going, you're actually in somebody's world, open and invited, and you're part of their reality, even though you're not there. Mm -hmm. So they're just connecting from reality and actually connecting to the reality of someone else's mm -hmm. world. And what's nice about it is there's no limitation in that because that individual, a lot of these YouTubers, they're them. They're real. They're authentic. There aren't any rules to that game. They're creating brand awareness. They're creating influence just by being them. Yeah. Get the YouTube platform in itself. I mean, YouTube didn't hit the scene until I think it was 2005, 2006. I'd have to go back and look. Mm -hmm. But just a matter of that, they have, if I'm correct, which you'll have to back, I'll have to go back and check my numbers. But I believe they have almost 1.3 billion users. And I know the stat when we were pulling it last week, 300 hours of video are uploaded every minute wow. on YouTube. Crazy. Is that insane? Every minute. Every minute. And then if you, if you really, I'm a numbers person. So obviously if you shed down the numbers, I know almost 5 billion videos are watched on YouTube every single day. Holy smokes. That's crazy. Yeah. They get over 30. I mean, the platform itself gets 30 million visitors per day. So if you're right. a business brand, you definitely should be on there. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting though, is I'll, I'll notice that people who I consider high touch brands very very present across uh, several platforms i'll see them post something on facebook and then i'll see maybe the same video posted on youtube and it only has a few a few views is that 
does that happen more by by demographic or is you know does it just mean that that's where they're putting their energy okay so you're saying the views on facebook are different than youtube yeah i'll give you an example my friend jim brewer is a comedian and he has revived his career using facebook video right because he's 50 his crowd is on facebook and he finally took you know his agency's advice and started posting videos and they get 200 300,000 views you know they're all about he's a big Mets fan and so this is like all about baseball and the Mets right and during the World Series they were getting two and three million views but I so I saw one of his videos on Facebook the other day and it had you know like 30 40,000 views and then I happened to see it on YouTube the same video and it had a few hundred views and- so there's lot of factors to that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, one of my, I'm a big advocate for social media syndication, but it has to be done correctly. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple reasons for that without me looking at it, but this could be used and applied to anybody's social media. It just depends on where you're originating that video. Mm -hmm. If I had to guess, he's trained his tribe to consume his information on Facebook. And that goes with identifying your avatars and knowing where your traffic is. There's a lot of things that can be done you know, it's just, it's his demographic lives on Facebook. Right. And exactly. understanding again, where your avatars live. Right. And so, yeah, like, you know, I do like all my, for instance, all my podcasts we've uploaded to YouTube, which is helpful, but they don't get obviously nearly the, the listens or downloads that, that they get through iTunes. Yeah. And again, that's just your avatar driving. And that's something I know that we talked about social media uh, syndication is, that's my bread and butter. Mm-hmm. I know you know that. Like that's my map, and it really comes into where you're posting it and how you're posting it. Because oftentimes, what I see with individuals, and I mean, it's hard to understand it, but it's not just two D social media. It's really three D and understanding what that user behind the screen is there for. Mm-hmm. Somebody on Facebook wants to consume that information completely different than Instagram or YouTube. And you can't necessarily use the same information and apply it everywhere and think it's going to stick. Like YouTube is very heavily driven off of your meta tags, your meta descriptions, which marries over to Google. So it's actually searchable. Mm. I think that that's kind of like a missing link that people don't. Yeah, that's a a great point because I don't use any of that. (laughs) It's just like we we loaded it up. We didn't even, I doubt we even bothered to put tags in or anything, which is. If you think about it, a way to do that, and you know I'm all about giving information, so a way to help you better get better visibility on YouTube is go to either Amazon or Google and write in what the subject of that video is and see what comes up and marry those words together in the description mm-hmm. on your YouTube because now you're playing with Google, which is playing with Facebook. And then over time, you're going to become an authority figure. So anybody looking at that, you're going to get ranked. Wow. Great tip right out of the gate. (laughs) That's like an idea for that. And then the back on that, and this is what I say with everything social. And then here's another tip and take notes on this, which it's on my site. If you go there, I have a whole how to do it. Everything you post, which is a link, use something called UTM parameters. UTM parameters are not just a URL, but if you add the UTM parameters behind it and you track that through Google Analytics, you'll know where your traffic is coming in from. It gauges the effectiveness for your campaigns and it IDs the um, the best way to drive more visitors to that direct site. Wow, great. UTM parameters. 
ETM parameters, and they're very simple. And if you don't want to build them, I'm a nerd, you know that. I like to hand build them. If you don't want to do that, Google actually has an application. If you go Google UTM parameters, you can just put it in there. It'll spit it out, and that's what you should be using to track. That's great. Love it. Is this your life now? I mean, you've you've done so much, and <laughs> I just love your life story. I, I don't know much of it. It's it's all such a a great adventure. You're you're a beacon of courage for a lot of people. I know that you've overcome some major circumstances as so many people have to get where you are but is this your main focus right now social media mirroring marketing and then writing yeah it's really social media and it's making social media social and it's introducing people to the idea of brand disruption a lot of people take that disruption. I call it Kanye West marketing. You don't have to go full Kanye, but <laughs> you there when people are scrolling, my biggest thing is to make social media social and simplistic and actually work for you. So to disrupt that newsfeed and drive sales to you effortlessly, you don't need you can use ads, but you can do it organically if you don't have a budget. Mm -hmm. You're always going to invest one thing. It's either going to be time or money. And if you don't have the ample amount of money, you might as well invest the time and use social media to your advantage. So to answer that, yes. I mean, the way I see social media, I have, if you were to come to my office, it's full whiteboards mapped out. There's a map to every process that you do on social media. Right. So you taught me something interesting. Like I thought for sure I was really screwing up Facebook because I wasn't developing, you know, a fan page or business page. I was really just doing most things on my personal profile. But I had you know, I get pretty good traction there. And you said that's actually a good way to do it to, you know, if, if something's a hit on that page, that's the thing I should invest in by boosting it on other pages. Yeah. So I love using, I know there's a lot of people that are, they want to separate the professional from the personal. And I, I want to say, I kind of get it, but I don't get it at all because you are your brand. Yeah. Like I know that kind of might sting a little bit to some people. You are your brand. And the closer you become to connecting yourself to your brand, you're going to find more sustainable success. So in bleeding that into Facebook, people want to know what you're doing and people are going to criticize. They're going to give you great feedback. And so if you're posting videos, find the one in the week that you posted that got the most engagement, share that over to your fan page or your business page and boost that. You've already used your, I call them interns of inventory, everybody that follows me. <laughs> I call them my interns of inventory. I turn the inventory over there and they tell me what they like and then I feed it out to the masses to attract more. I love that. Interns of inventory. Is, is more always better, say, on Facebook? Uh, like if, if I say like today, I posted a video that I want people to see because it's, you know, it's a subtle ad for, it's a free copywriting tip, simple and fun. I want people to see that and remember, wow, Kev teaches cool stuff. This is valuable, right? Yeah. Now, should I today stay out of the way of that post or should I be posting more stuff that's not connected to that or even connected to business to bring more eyeballs to, to that video? So if you need a structure, something that I go off of, and it's something I learned back in like a, I think it was a communication 101 class back in college. I can't believe I'm actually using my degree right now in this, but... <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, college! Yeah, but, now you can't say that anymore. I, oh, I yeah. should have skipped college. <laughs> <laughs> but um, do you remember how um, they used to teach us the Ford mechanism? Family, organization, recreation, dream. Hmm. I try to hit one from every 
aspect of the Ford model on your post. The reason you do that is some people aren't going to resonate or digest with everything you have to say. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, if you have something to say, share it. Because what happens then is if you've triggered them on maybe the family, then they're going to go look up the organization, the recreation or the dream. And then they're actually going to read something that they wouldn't have normally read because you resonated with them. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's really cool. And so are you saying, what kind of rotation is that? Have one post that touches on all those things or several posts that Several posts. Mm -hmm. I fit several posts throughout the day does not hurt you. Now there's a double edged sword in that. I do feel that with social media and maybe this is just me being, I've done it for 10 years. I've noticed a drastic curve and there's two different types of ways to approach social media and you have to be careful. There's creation and there's consumption. So the creators will go on there and we'll post where posts. You have to make sure you don't cross the line of consumption because then that's when it kills and wastes your time. So there's applications. I never usually say use, you know, Hootsuite and all of those. I don't really believe in them because I know they ghost things sometimes. But there is an app um, at Meet Egger that I use. Meet Egger actually times your post and sets it up so it's searchable. So use that post into that or even post into Evernote. I'm giving a lot of tips right now. I hope I don't confuse people, but oftentimes the way I set up my social media is I actually post everything into Evernote and then I use if this and that IFTT and I have an IFTT redirect that takes once it hits my Evernote, it posts to Facebook. Oh, cool. Wow. Then I'm not stuck consuming everybody else's stuff. Not that I don't care. I just don't have the time to do it. Right. So then you're not stuck consuming everything and getting distracted and mixed feelings or whatever could happen. You're just simply creating. See, that's really interesting because my next question was how crucial is it that I stay engaged in the thread after I post it? I answer every – this is where I love Gary because we we actually talked about this in your call. This was, I think, about a year ago we were talking about this. I'm a 100% advocate. You comment and you engaged with every damn person that took a time to say something. Mm. And I do it in three different time blocks. I set aside 30 minutes, three different times a day. And I make sure you're going to miss one or two. Always go back and engage. Awesome. Always. And do you, I've heard this tip of you also tag them, like say their name, tag them as you're replying. Yes. Okay. Yes. Engagement is crucial. So engagement affects a couple different things. One, it affects your algorithm and it affects how many people are going to see your stuff. Facebook is a free platform per se, but they're almost like an entertainment industry. And that's how I look at it. They're only going to push out stuff to people that your stuff actually has engagement on. So if you're going back and creating that engagement, you're making yourself noteworthy. So another thing that I always say that's a tip is it's the like for like or the like to share to comment three. Every damn day, I don't care what you're doing, comment, like, and share three times. Hmm. Oh, wow. Share three times. That that doesn't crowd up your timeline? No. Share somebody else's stuff. Yeah. No. I don't, no. I don't think it's that bad. Or share it out to somebody else in a personal message. It doesn't have to even be on a page. Like, gotcha. I don't know if you've been one of the lucky recipients of my shares, but I share stuff in messages too. Yeah. Oh, that's, and that just helps that lets Facebook that rewards you favorably with them. Absolutely. Because you're becoming an authority figure, you're creating the noise. You have Mm. the crowd, you have the eyeballs, eyeballs and content are king on any social media platform. And then I say syndications queen, but (laughs) I love it. 
All right. Well, last just t- kind of technical question because I love having <laughs> your attention, so I can abuse you like this. But this is, I think, I think I represent uh, the people who have been able to get some traction on certain social medias and don't really, like you said, I don't have a map. I would love to have a map, right? And yeah. it would just make my my use of time so much more productive. I another thing I heard and don't know if it's true or not is, but I have noticed if I am straight up linking something, it it seems to get a lot less you know attention, views, that kind of thing. How much yeah. of that is just people going screw you, Rogers? This is your personal page. Quit advertising stuff. And how much of that is Facebook going screw you, Rogers? You got to pay if you want people to see this. What do you mean linking, like tagging companies and stuff? No, linking even even to Copy Chief, my own thing, or you know, a friend was doing a fundraiser recently, so I I, I linked that, you know. But it seems like if I put a link just any anywhere where something's being sold, I get sort of punished in in you know it doesn't reach as much of my you know my list as uh, it, other things do. That's where syndication helps. Okay. Because you're actually syndicating over the platforms. I don't know if that's been ghosted. I haven't seen that. A lot of times what I'll do is go through in the first comments, post it up, and then wait like a little bit, go back and comment on the first comment to bring it back to life on the feed. Yeah. Because people are posting 24-7, and oftentimes, more often than not, you it gets lost. I mean, that's just a matter of fact. Yeah. It gets lost. And things that you can do on Facebook and Instagram, and I'm a huge advocate for this, Say Instagram, you're wearing like, I don't know what you're wearing, but you're wearing like Under Armour or Lulu and you're eating Chipotle. Tag all of them in your photos. <laughs> okay. Do, like, I do it on Facebook. I do it because you've got to think. I almost, at the beginning, at the end of the day, I don't want to say I'm a troll, but I started out as a troll on social media. A good one. <laughs> I didn't live under a bridge. But my job was to go troll traffic to sell out events and concerts and venues and all of that stuff. And the way you do that is by tap rooting into other spheres that you may not have access to. Hmm. That's how I sold out the Gary V show in your call. I had two weeks to sell out 500 tickets with no ad spend. Wow. So we did that by tagging in like for like brands, because if you're tagging in that brand, you have a better likelihood to see their demographic as well. All right. So, you, so you're tagging a brand Meaning like for like means they're going to see that you did that. They're going to like your post. That's going to give you more traction. They may like it. Or another thing, I mean, if you really want to get your name out there, something I, we talked about this in Colorado, mm-hmm. something that um, I actually learned from a mastermind that I was in was actually Dexter. Dexter taught me something I thought was absolutely brilliant. And I do it. I do it religiously every day. And it's, it's over time. It's grown our business is we have something called a dream 50 list. You don't have to make it 50. You can make it 25 if it's too many people. Go to idols or like people that are in your industry, the heavy hitters, and put. Um, I basically take a Google sheet. I put their name down. I have all their social media handles, and I go and engage on them. Grant Cardone was one. Gary Vee was one. When they go live, I troll the hell out of those comments. Hmm. I and in end up capturing their audience doing that. Interesting. Good so, stuff. Dream, yeah, the Dream Fifty to drive it a little further. I mean, there's more to it. It's not only trolling the comments, but you go and you pick three a day or one. It just You pick your numbers, but you pick one a day, say, and you go on Twitter and you engage with them. You go on Instagram and you engage in them, and you actually have a like for like conversation. It's how I was able to talk to like Dane Cook. Like I had a whole conversation with Dane Cook mm-hmm. and, uh, and connect with him on stuff. 
and that, that wouldn't have happened if he hadn't been on my dream 50 list. Right. Now, what if uh, someone's going, that's, I get it, but I'm not going to do that. Like, should they, should they hire somebody to do that? Can they safely hire somebody to do that? Or is it just totally disingenuous because the comments won't be theirs? So put together and have a VA do, it's not even funny. Really? I'm at the point right now where I have a VA that does this for me. And that's something that at Pretty Witty Media, we do. We help you set up the maps because not one map is the same. We have our most robust map is 37 steps that places your organic content onto 429 social media platforms. Wow. It's insane. Not everyone needs that. You know, my client, I'll leave him nameless, but right now we have a social media map for him to get his content out. Mm-hmm. And so we offer the map and then we also help you develop your dream 50 list so you can get out there and get seen. Organic is a long road. It's a long term game, mm-hmm. but over time it's the one that's the most rewarding. Hmm. Yeah, so that makes sense that if like I'm just starting to really invest more in Facebook ads, but why not grow organic because it's it's where I've lived for the last uh, yeah. you know, 6 years or whatever. So well, oh. what we've seen with real estate is we've built a, a solid foundation and it's raving fans that literally like we've become an authority figure and they bring all their friends. So over time, do we just get these people that we've never even met? that we can trace to, it was somebody we got organically and organically doesn't die. You don't have to convince them. Right. Yeah. Good point. Really good point. Okay. Let's talk about, let's go back. I'm fascinated to know because I don't know, you're very smart and like just the stuff, you know, clearly like you're sharing just a small percentage of, of your knowledge on this. How does this all start for you? I know you're, you're in real estate for, for a long time. And still are to some degree, but it goes back to MySpace, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow, <laughs> isn't that crazy? I'm like an OG in social. I, feel like <laughs> I am the original troll. Um, <laughs> yeah, little kids are gonna go. Tell us about MySpace. What was it like? You were really there, <laughs> like Woodstock or something, right? I'm still on MySpace. <laughs> it's still there. Oh, that's funny. Yes, MySpace. If you're in music, you better be on MySpace. It's a freaking. It's totally transformed to a underground music community. I found some of the most amazing artists there. Oh, cool! All right, they're still there. Yeah. So, I mean, long story short, I'm just your typical ranch kid. I grew up on a ranch. Like, we did not have a lot of money. Hard work. I cheated my way into college. I don't know if I really told you about that one. No. A lot. We had a pretty bad hardship. I'll sum it up. My mom got into really bad. It was a fatality crash, and then she was revived at the scene. Mm. Well, what that did is Anna couldn't go to school anymore. I was a 4.0 kid and I had to raise my brothers. Mm. So, but I really wanted to go to college. So I did some arts and crafts and cheated my way into college <laughs> and without a diploma until they figured it out. But so worked- how do you cheat your way into college? I made a transcript. <laughs> <laughs> I, this is so, I can't get punished now so I can talk about it. But I made a transcript and test scores and submitted it, and I never thought they would take it. They did, and not only did they take it, I got a full ride. Wow. Yeah, so here I am two weeks into college and all these, like, courses, and I have a lot of guilt because I'm like, shit. Like, I don't really have my diploma. These other kids are paying, yeah. I have these other kids are paying. Hey, what am I doing? But, I mean, again, that just goes to, at the core, it wasn't malicious. It's tenacity. Yes, totally. Tenacity, and, you know, it's I don't grit. So um, I actually, to sum that up, I worked out with the dean. He was really cool about me being transparent and honest. Another theme that I am. 
And he gave me two weeks to go get my diploma so I could stay in college. Well, in doing that, I couldn't work. So I had to find a way to make money. And I had a love for music. So insert MySpace. I um, started getting into MySpace and driving traffic and featuring bands and events and selling out shows so I could go to these shows. That's how social media started. So I started learning how to do content creation, promoting the music. I mean, trolling at its finest. I, trolling has such a bad rap, and it's really not a bad thing. Yeah, as long as you're not – I think people think of trolls sometimes as the, the mean commenters. It, it's, it's just about following someone, right, and being very present in their world. Yeah, and being able to actually resonate with them, hit an emotional trigger – to hit the impulse for them to do something. Mm-hmm. That's what I think trolling is. The other guys, I call them keyboard warriors. The guys that want to be mean, that's mm-hmm. what I call them. They hide behind a keyboard and they act like warriors. So, I mean, fast forward that, that's really where I started building a presence, understanding the tribe, all of that, and blood that into real estate. All right, so so real, how does that lead to real estate? You, again, just so, your natural sales yeah. ability? I wish, right? No, um, I actually, I guess we'll just talk. We're going to get personal, if that's all right. We're going to get really personal. All right. Is that good? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So actually today, and I actually sent that in the notes to you today. Today is the anniversary of five-year anniversary that I lost my third child Mm. at five and a half months pregnant. It was a really insane moment. To kind of paint the picture, I was a kid out of college, ended up diving into real estate and took off. Our team sold 420 or 423 homes in 18 months. We were doing really well, but money and hustle drained me. It was horrible. And a lot of that business was done in hustling in trenches. I was dialing 3000 people a week. Cold. It was not fun. So when I lost the third child soon after divorce followed. So now I'm sitting here, a broke solo mom of two kids in a, basically a position where I do not make money unless I sell a house. Well, you don't sell a house unless you have marketing, but I had no money. So yeah. I had to really dig deep into going back to my roots of social media, building a present dis- a presence, disrupting that newsfeed and becoming an authority figure in an industry, which is, I don't know if you're familiar with real estate and agents can laugh at me or throw knives at me. It's very turtleneck bougie. Like, this is turtleneck bougie. So I was the black sheep Kanye West of real estate when I decided to just share everything on social media. Hmm. And that's really what I started to do. I started doing brand impression, brand disruption through my social feeds, taking people behind the scenes of what really happens at my listing appointments, you know, featuring our listings. And then, you know, fast forward a few years later, I was in a mastermind where I learned, you know, syndication and I was able to take the concept of syndication, I think we're given like five, six, seven steps and really build that out to model and feature our homes. And that's really where we started taking off. Wow. Fantastic. So, so you're like the Anthony Bourdain of real estate or something. You're just like, <laughs> no holds barred. Here's the real deal. And of course that people love that transparency and it's, if they're interested in that house, why would they, you know, they want it from you. Oh, it was a double-edged sword. Like, looking back, it was funny. I was My business partner is Casey. We've been in business for a decade now, and thank God she's still my partner, like my business partner. <laughs> I told, you know, it was a double-edged sword because I had an industry at the time, they thought I was batshit crazy. Mm-hmm. 
because they thought I was a typical mom that's divorced and losing my mind on social media, but everything I was doing was completely calculated. Mm. It was a risk, but it was calculated. And then, no joke, we would walk into the houses that they smelled like cats, we would tell you they smell like cats. And what it did is over time, people would phone us and they would just want us to send them a listing contract or they would just want to purchase. We no longer had to sell our skill set to get mm. the job. We weren't applying for a job anymore. Right. So you had that trust because they're like, if if this if they say it's a good house, it's a good house because they're the first ones to call out anything that's wrong. Yeah. And what was beautiful about it is we were at the, um, when the market fell, it bottomed out, distressed market. There was a lot of sight unseen purchases and we became the go-to for a lot of the large hedge funds because of our transparency. Mm -hmm. We would video the homes and send them out to them and they would buy them sight unseen because they trusted us because yeah. we were who we said we were online right. and in person. That's awesome. Yeah. So we took pictures off. And then on top of that, I mean, if you, fo if you followed or if you go back and look, you can see like I was the mom that had a 22 month old and a newborn strapped to me and we were walking 30, 40 homes a day and I took everybody on social media with me. I love it. I love that tenacity. It's exactly what you said. Hey, if you're going to steal something, steal college. <laughs> if you're, if you're going to expose, like do the thing, like every real estate agent, not every real estate agent, but it, you know, it's one of those industries where if you have a modicum of personality and authentic, most people go the other way, right? Like any industry where a gold jacket is a standard of, you know, quality, you're going, wow, this is ripe for dis disruption. And oh, for, for you to come in and be your wild self and just be so real, uh, I love it. Oh, and it was a, there was more to, I mean, college to me really threw me, I grew up in a bubble. I grew up in a ranch where like everyone was nice and perfect and nobody hurt anyone. And I go to college and like, I didn't even know about drugs. That's how naive I was. So I get into this, like with the mindset of I can do literally whatever I want. So yeah, I got into college. I mean, it's no joke. It's all in my feed. I, I got kicked out of college initially for selling kegs out of my closet in a dry dorm. I mean, I was entrepreneur out of the gate. I made a, I made a handshake deal with the guy at Safeway. He said that they would RTV, which is return to vendor kegs at 11 o'clock at night, they throw them on the deck and they dump them. So at 11 o'clock at night, here I come with suitcases, paying him $25 for the kegs and selling them to the fraternities for 160 because they were underage. <laughs> <laughs> I learned a lot in college. Other than material. <laughs> so all this was just sitting there waiting to happen on the ranch, you know, like you're <laughs> isolated. It's like this. It's like a rocket ship just sitting there <laughs> on the launch pad. Just like, all right. Oh, now let's like this thing. I have the tenacity and grit and the work drive because ranch life as a kid is not fun. You're waking up at four in the morning to muck stall so you can hopefully shower before your hour right into school. Like right. it's not fun. Right. That's great. So put that into there are no limits. I thought when I got to college and entrepreneur was born. <laughs> right, right. Oh, I love it. Hey, it's Kev here, and I got something cool just for you. You know, we ask, what's the one thing you've done in your marketing that's produced the most surprising results on the show? And People give really cool answers. Well, I've taken what I consider to be 10 of the best of those answers, and I've assembled them into one convenient download for you. You can get it at truthaboutmarketingshow.com. You know why I chose these 10? Because they're 
interesting and actionable things that you can listen and go ping, 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 light bulb moment and take it and put it into your marketing and see results immediately, okay? Go get it, go dig it, go do it. Truthaboutmarketingshow.com. It's free and it's yours. Hope you enjoy it. All right, so let's get to the essential question. I could go on all days. It's great stuff. Uh, hopefully, uh, we you know we can do this again. And again, it's pretty witty media. I think if you've been listening to this, if you know that you could be doing better with social, Anna's already laid down a bunch of free wisdom for you. Go to Pretty Witty Media. She shares a lot more. Follow her. See what she's doing. You know, if you're like me and you're, you know you're not going to spend even an hour and a half a day sort of trolling productively or doing things like that, hire it out. At least know that there's a plan out there you could be using and get somebody doing it. Like it's, it's otherwise, that's my big thing. It's like, I just know how much time I've been wasting. You know, I'm only scratching the surface of what I could be doing. So, all right, here we go with the essential question. This, this ought to be really fun. Anna Selby, what is the one thing you've done in your marketing that produced the most surprising results? Speed the market and not overthinking. It was basically through momentum. Like anything that I thought about marketing, I did it without second guessing it, understanding I'm probably going to fail pretty miserably and piss a lot of people off. But on the back end, knowing that perspection and in was found through action taken. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times in marketing, social media, we have a this funny way of getting into our head and we overthink it. And it actually goes back to like a NASA study that I am in love with that I just read on a TED talk. And it's the five, and I hope if anything, you take away anything, take away this, that our brains are naturally wired to, for survival, which if you dig deeper into the neuroscience of that, it's negative and it's going to tell you not to do it because it's fight or flight. Mm -hmm. So if you have an idea, always think five, four, three, two, and before you get to one, take the damn action and do it Hmm. because your body and your brain are going to tell you not to do it. Love it. Wow. Nice, tight, concise, inspirational answer. Thank you. Anna Selby, prettywittymedia.com. Thank you for diving into our world with all your colorful wisdom (laughs) and uh, sharing so much. We'll be doing this again. Oh, I appreciate you so much. Thank you for the opportunity. All right, we'll talk to you. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Truth About Marketing podcast. If you like this show and you think other people would like this show, the best way to spread the word is by reviewing and rating the show in iTunes. Just log in, click review, leave a big old fat five-star review, and let everybody know that you dig the show so that they can dig it too. To get all the links and resources we mentioned on today's episode, please go to copychief.com forward slash TAM, as in truth about marketing. And if you'd like to uh, learn more about how you can improve your sales copy with uh, templates, formulas, coaching, feedback, or hiring a pro, do all that on the inside of the members area of copychief.com. And I will look for you there. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.